Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Let's jump straight in. Tech Guide. This was a real effort to push into that growing consumer space, very competitive space in Australia. It does give the user plenty of options, whether you're working or viewing content on the device. Keeping you updated and educated, this is the Tech Guide Podcast. Knowing Apple, you just don't know what to expect. They've gone from taking an excellent device and they've made it even better. It's had a redesign inside and out. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 181, the show that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer news, products and opinions. Thanks for listening, thanks for downloading, and if you're a first-time listener, welcome aboard. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au, and I've spent the past week here in Las Vegas for the Consumer Electronic Show. The show has just come to an end, and we're going to dedicate the entire program about the new products, the new technology, and the new gadgets that we uncovered here at the Las Vegas Convention Center. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. So much to get through, so let's jump straight in. Well, the show kicked off uh, with Press Day. Press Day is a day that held up at the Mandalay Bay Casino where the day before the show proper, all the companies then line up and give up give a, a press conference outlining the products that we're going to see at the show the next day, starting the next day. LG were first out of the gate with their with their uh, press conference. They, they traditionally do that every year. This year, no exception. They were bright and early at 8 a.m. And what they had to announce was some pretty impressive products that they call the Signature Range. Now, the Signature Range includes a 4K OLED TV. It also includes a fridge and also an air purifier and a washing machine. But for our purposes, we're going to concentrate mainly on the OLED TV, the 4K OLED, and also the refrigerator. We had a chance to get up close and check them out ourselves. The OLED TV, now... This has, uh, LG has really taken a leap forward with their OLED TVs. They're the only major manufacturer who are offering that kind of format. And the, the TV just continues to improve. Now, OLED, for those who aren't aware, stands for Organic Light Emitting Diode. What that means, this, this material can produce its own light. So it doesn't need a, black, a backlight. So the result is remarkably black blacks that that might sound really strange but producing true black on a tv is really hard especially with a backlight but because oled doesn't have a backlight the blacks are incredible and from true black you can produce other great colors as well now that, that that's what oled offers and what lg they've cracked the code on this on this technology and their tvs look remarkable the new signature tv is no exception this is not only does it have that brilliant oled technology but it also has this premium design which is the the mark of this new signature range of products it's this premium this premium level of products that lg's introduced and i have to say one, one of the standout products at the show for mine uh, the, the, the screen itself, now, this really has to be seen to be believed. The screen is only 2.57 
millimetres thick. That's millimetres with an M, millimetres thick. It is remarkable. In fact, the TV needs a sheet of glass behind the OLED display to give the screen some kind of structural integrity. Because you have to remember, these CTVs need to be shipped out. They need to be they need to be uh, sent delivered, uh, sent to stores, delivered to homes. So if you're sending around a flimsy 2.57 millimeter screen, uh, there could be a danger that that it might break. So it's a, it may be a little bit delicate. Hence the reason why that glass, the glass panel, which isn't needed, it's just there to give it some kind of structural integrity. Now, how they achieve the thin display apart from it being OLED, of course, is because they've located the TV circuitry in the base. The base of the TV, so the, the thin screen sits inside uh, a base that is that looks like a sound bar. In fact, that is where the TV speakers are located. So you're getting a sound bar in the bargain as well. Now, that, that, that area is also where the TV circuitry is sitting. So... All of the all of the guts of the TV and even the inputs are down in the base to keep that thin that screen impossibly thin and beautiful. Uh, now this this is uh, if this is in your home and, and you'll see from my pictures on Tech Guide you'll see that it is a remarkable design and a real standout a head turner if this is uh, in in your home. Uh, the the TV uh, won't be available in Australia for a few months. Pricing, of course, we don't know. The the uh, it is available in a seventy-seven inch model. Uh, I believe there may be even a sixty-five inch model as well. Pricing yet to be announced, but you can expect being a premium product that you're going to pay a premium price. But you do get what you pay for, and boy, you really have to see this TV. It is remarkable. Also uh, on the LG signature front is their new refrigerator. Now. We've seen refrigerators in the past, and we'll discuss uh, a Samsung fridge in the next segment. But the the fridges offer a lot of uh, in the past have offered a lot of gimmicky features. That yeah, they're, they're great, they're, they're standout for today. But are you really going to use them? Well, LG's approach with their signature refrigerator offers a couple of features that are, are practical features. They're not gimmicky features. The two features I'm referring to is a feature called Knock On. And the other one is the ability, there's a sensor to open the door. If you've got your hands full, you simply sw- swing your foot in front of a sensor and the door opens. But knock on is a way for you to look inside the refrigerator without opening the door. Now on the right door of the, of the LG fridge is a black opaque pane of glass. Now once you approach the fridge, all you need to do is knock on the window and that suddenly transforms from being an opaque piece of glass to a transparent piece of glass. And you can then immediately look inside, see through the door in door, see what's inside, make your mind up before even having to open the fridge and let all the cold air out while you are making your mind up, which is what happens with the traditional fridge. So a great way to keep the cold air in, save some energy in the long run. This could end up being like hundreds of dollars in energy savings accumulative over the year. So a really smart idea that's practical. It's not gimmicky, practical. Now, the other feature, as I mentioned, is the ability to open the door without, uh, if you've got your arms full full of groceries or you might have your hands dirty from cooking or whatever, you can simply just swing your foot in front of the sensor. There's a little, the sensor beams the word 
door open door onto the floor so you know exactly where you need to put your foot and it will then open the door now if you don't open the door straight away what happens is it waits three seconds and closes again so you're not left with an open door if in case you change your mind or something happens where you can't actually open the door so two really practical features there some some great thinking by lg uh, about their new products uh, and, and we decided to go a little bit further, and we, we caught up with Kenneth Hong, who's LG's international head of marketing. We wanted to get his feedback on how do you sell this to the customer, what are Aussie customers like anyway, and here's what he had to say earlier. Well, hi, Ken. Thanks for your time. We're here day one at CES, and yes. exciting day. Uh, I see the LG stand's already very crowded. Uh, what can our, our attendees expect well, thanks for coming, uh, Steve, and having me uh, on your uh, program. Um, the LG booth, as you know, is, is right at the entrance uh, as soon as you walk into the main central hall. So it does look like the most crowded place uh, <laughs> you know, of, all the, of all the stands uh, at the CES. It's a, it's a madhouse. I haven't been able to actually walk to the back of our booth because there's t- too many people. I can't get through the crowd. So, again, we're really happy with the turnout. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I think the, the bigger thing is you know, what people say. Once they see it, you know, we, we want to hear what they think about mm-hmm. uh, our products here at CES okay. 2016. Well, there's, there's a lot to talk about, so it's okay for people who are here at CES, but how do you tell the story then to the customers? Let's start off with, like, obviously, OLED is a major play for LG. Sure, sure. And, and we knew from the start, you know, when we first started talking about OLED three years ago, we knew this was a long-term investment, a long-term program. And um, I think the, the big difference between our messaging regarding OLED at this show versus previous shows is that this is the year where we think OLED will become mainstream. Mm-hmm. And so for us to be able to say that, you know, the pricing, you know, the prices have come down tremendously in 2015. Um, they're going to continue to come down. And, you know, that has always been the, the number one reason that people weren't able mm-hmm. to, you know, buy the best TV out there. Every Everybody, every expert agrees OLED is, you know, the top when it comes to home entertainment. Yeah. There's no question about that anymore, and we've been working on that for three years, and now it's time for people to actually buy these. And you guys being the only company really pushing OLED, you've kind of cracked, cracked the code for OLED, and you're going to push that home this year, no doubt. Well, we're not, we don't want to be the only company. Um, we think competition for in, in the OLED space is actually good for innovation. Um, but, you know, a lot of companies were slow to get on board. Number one, some of them wanted to develop their own OLED displays. Mm-hmm. But you know how expensive that could be, right? Now some of them are starting to purchase um, panels from the same supplier that we buy our panels from, which is LG, LG Display. And I mm-hmm. think once that happens and once that becomes acceptable uh, you know, business strategy, I think more will come on board. So we've got a lot of Chinese makers already buying OLED panels from LG Display and selling OLED TVs in China. Mm-hmm. But as an international brand, we were, up until end of last year, the only one. Okay. And the, the display is so thin. It's inc- it incredible. It is remarkable. It just disappears into nothing. It's, it's not getting thinner, <laughs> but it just looks thinner year after year after year. You know, it's always been thin. Uh, but again, what we're doing is we're taking the electronics and, and removing it and putting it in a stand. And yeah. we're doing different designs to make that flatness more visible. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that people will see this year. And it, it, apart from OLED, which is a dominant part of the stand, the, the, the whole signature range is part of that being OLED, but the signature series, that's 
really sort of set the bar pretty high in terms of design and quality? I think so. I think if, you, if you're an American consumer, I think you're kind of used to the fact that LG washers and dryers uh, are kind of premium in the U.S. market. But we're taking that idea and going global with it. And, and in some markets, you know, LG is not a premium brand. Uh, in, some, in some markets it is, and we're trying to consolidate that uh, at the upper end um, with Signature. So, mm-hmm. again, it's, it's something that's been building for a while, but our success in the U.S. market as a premium appliance brand kind of gave us the confidence to take it global. Okay. And uh, just, just speaking of like part of the Signature brand are the, the appliances, the dryer, the washer, and uh, the, those items. In I understand in Australia, you, LG is one of the leaders in that area. Yes. Uh, and again, this year, even more innovation, the fridge, the, yes. the washing machine. Again, a uh, compelling product for customers. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at some of the features um, in the refrigerator and the, you know, the air filter, the washer, you know, washing machine, you won't find these features in any other product. Uh, we're coming up with you know, reasons to buy LG. It's not just gimmicky. We're trying to stay away from the gimmicks. And again, in the beginning, people will be like, oh, do I really need that in, you know, in my fridge? You know, do I really need the door to open you know, without my having to do it, you know, physically open it with my hands? Well, yeah. once you get used to it, I think you know, you'll, you'll buy in. Yeah. And again, a lot of these uh, innovations that we introduce, we're trying to stay away from stuff that just, ooh, ah, just looks cool, but, but it's actually very useful. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the Internet of Things, obviously the smart home, you guys having quite a range of products, you, you can tell a great story there as well and the whole control Absolutely. across the home. Absolutely. It's, a, it's an evolution. Uh, we never thought that IoT or smart home or ThinQ was going to you know, take the world by storm overnight. We've been working on this since 2011, uh, and uh, it's a work in progress. Uh, and unlike some other companies that you know, feel that buying a startup is their way into the smart home and IoT game, we've been developing everything on our own. You know, organic growth, organic entry into the IoT industry. Not to say that we're not interested in partnerships mm-hmm. and acquisitions, but we haven't needed to so far. Mm-hmm. We have our own idea, our own philosophy as to what IoT stands for, and it's not just home. So the, we're getting away from the smart home nomenclature because we're also very involved in cars now. Yes, I was going to ask that. So the, mm-hmm. that that was uh, the, the actually the beginning of the oral presentation at the press day. Yes. So. In car, what are we we going to see? We're going to see a lot of... uh, Let me just step back. Um, A lot of people do not realize that we've been involved in the auto business for... Uh, about eight years now. Most people don't know that um, on GM cars, there's a telematic system called OnStar. Mm-hmm. That has always been manufactured by LG oh, wow. since the day one. But we, you know, we didn't promote that, and we don't put our logo on it because it's a GM, you know, it's a GM vehicle. But again, that knowledge, that you know, technology, that innovation uh, is something that LG has had since 2008, uh-huh. 2007, 2008. And so now we're just taking it a little bit further. You know, we're branding it LG Vehicle Components. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that this is old, old stuff for us. This is not <laughs> something new. Uh, but we wanted to take it to the next level. Okay. Just uh, finishing up, mate, I want to ask about um, Australia as LG customers. How, how do we fare against the rest of the world? Are we, are we among your favorites? Uh, definitely because Australian consumers are very, very knowledgeable. And so when you have a market where consumers are not only, you know, very, very uh, uh, discerning, but they also know, you know, what's available and what's good and what's bad. And, you know, they do their research before, 
before they uh, put down their money. And I think you have to. And 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 the fact that Australians speak English is also kind of important because they'll post stuff online that good or bad that people in other large markets will read about. And so yes, in that sense, I think Australian, even though it may be a smaller population than let's say the U.S. market. Uh, the fact of the matter is that it's very important because of the high level of consumers that you find there. Okay, no worries. We'll appreciate your time, Ken. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Steve. I uh, appreciate you coming. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide, keeping you updated and educated. Okay, well, moving right along, uh, LG was first, but uh, later in the day and also at the show, we uh, also had a chance to hear from Samsung. Now, Samsung had, I think, oh, well, easily the biggest stand at the Consumer Electronics Show, though normally uh, in, the, in the Central Hall, and that was, uh, again, there this year. They had a massive stand that looked through all of their, that, that sort of had a, a really good showcase of all their new televisions, all their new appliances, their smart home applications. Uh, that's that's a, been a real big theme of the show. LG also had have an Internet of Things strategy as well. Uh, the, the Samsung also had their new Gear S2 watches. They also had their new Tab Pro S2 products as well. But let's go through a lot of them starting with their televisions. Now, once again, uh, Samsung really has put their weight behind their quantum dot technology and their new TVs have 10-bit displays. So 10-bit refers to the strength of the processor, the signal processor to display uh, great color, great uh, clarity and great contrast. Now one phrase that all the companies were using this year, including LG, including all the other TV manufacturers, is high dynamic range. Now, this is a technology that helps the TV enhanced display of the bright brights and all the darkest colors. So that that increased contrast range is is enhanced with that technology called HDR, high dynamic range. That was in, uh, Samsung had that up front too, Sony, everyone has HDR. Uh, Samsung also with the HDR as well. They are all, all, all they they're sticking with the SUHD TVs, which has been been a big success for them. They've updated their ties and operating system as well. Uh, that is uh, been been uh, pretty successful for them. So what the, what they've done is trying to simplify the whole process for people, and the 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 result will be for the user to be able to access different types of content, whether it's linear TV, streaming content, uh, just as easy as if they're changing the channel. So the the, the Samsung range of TVs that we're going to see in stores were impressive. But what was equally impressive were the TVs they also had on the stand that were pro. There was one prototype TV and also a larger TV, a 170-inch SUHD TV. That's 4.3 meters. That's the size of this television. It's massive. And you can buy it. I asked, this isn't just a prototype, look what we can do type of technology, type of product. They said, no, if you've got the money, you can buy this thing. And I shudder to think how much it's going to cost. It's going to cost <laughs> quite a bit of money. But the other TV that re- also caught my eye, and this was a prototype, it was called the Transformable TV. Now, I thought, well, why would you need a TV to transform? Well, here is why. You, you, you may notice in some cases where you're watching a movie or you might be watching free-to-air TV, 
sometimes the aspect ratio doesn't line up with the TV. So sometimes, you know, when you watch a movie and it's got two, three, five to one aspect ratio and there's little black lines top and bottom, that could be annoying for some people. Well, this TV can detect the contrast ratio of, of the input and transform itself to suit the aspect ratio. Now, how does it do it? The TV is in two halves. So what happens, and I'll put a video up on Tech Guide to demonstrate this, what happens, the TV, the two halves of the TV separate and then rotate and rejoin on the wider or narrower edges to suit the aspect ratio. Now, uh, it, 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 once they open, they turn around and they, they join seamlessly together. You don't even see the line where they join. It is remarkable. Now, whether we see this in the market or not is yet to be seen. But, boy, it is impressive to watch. Uh, I don't think it's going to be uh, viable as a, as a hugely commercial product. Maybe in the, it may be in the not-too-distant future, but it was a, a great concept nonetheless. Samsung also had their fridge. Now, uh, this, this family hub refrigerator has a 21.5-inch full HD LCD display. Now, this isn't the first fridge Samsung has released with a, with a video display. A few years ago, I think back in 2011, they also had uh, an internet fridge, which at the time was, oh, look at this, and it, it, was a, it was impressive for five minutes, but then people thought, well, do we really need this? Is it a gimmick? Well, gimmick has turned into reality, and this is, that, that's kind of Samsung's attitude with their product this year, and the TV, the, the, the fridge, I should say, has now got around it the technology to back up the the features on board, like Wi-Fi, people with smartphones. So the environment and this whole sort of the whole smart home, the smart home move that we're all that we're all uh, adopting here, also plays uh, to that as well. So what it allows you to do, it gives you a chance to have your calendar, communicate with other members of your family. You can even shop for groceries. You can, you can the, in here in America, they had a deal with MasterCard where you can shop at various uh, outlets and have all your stuff delivered, pay with your credit card. It also allows you to uh, use the internet, to download recipes and display them on the TV. It's also got speakers, so if you want to play some music, uh, stream some TV, you can do that on, on, the, on the fridge. But one other feature it has, and this helps if you're at the shops and you're wondering, what the hell do I, do I, have I got enough Vegemite? Do I need to buy more bananas? If you could only look in your fridge when you're at the store, wouldn't that be a great result? Well, that's exactly what you can do because the Samsung refrigerator has a camera on the inside of the door. And every time the door is opened, it takes a photo. So you can see the contents of your fridge remotely. So if you are at the shops, and you think, oh, do we need any more soy sauce? And you can actually log into the fridge, view the latest photo, and see the contents of the fridge, and tell if you uh, if what what's in the fridge, what, whether you do need that extra soy sauce, tomato sauce, whatever you need to buy. You can look inside. What else you can do too is that you can actually also use that image of the inside of your TV and set lay and, and give them labels like expiry date labels. So say that you've got your milk, you've got some, some fresh ham and you've got some cheese, you can actually drag on onto the photo that is of the inside of the fridge that's displayed on the front screen, you can actually drag the 
uh, expiry days. So say you've got milk, uh, you can drag down three days. So you know in three days you're going to have to buy new milk. You can drag down, you've got your fresh ham, and in four days you need to buy new ham. So you can do things like that that helps you manage your food. So less waste, you're going to save money, and that's the whole. Uh, that's the goal of this fridge is to make your, your life easier to sort of fit it in to your, to your lifestyle and also give you the ability to see what you need remotely. So being able to look inside the contents of your fridge. Very impressive. They also announced uh, the Gear S2, uh, not a new product, but new look to the product, a platinum and rose gold finishes. And also the Tab Pro S2. This is a 12-inch Super AMOLED tablet. It follows on from the popular Tab S2, which was only 5.6 millimeters thick. This, though, is running Windows, Windows 10 on board. Uh, So 12 inches comes with, or you can buy a compatible case that's got a full-size keyboard and a flexible hinge, so you can position it for optimal viewing. Uh, and typing on the go, so it could be almost like a laptop replacement. I think it's sort of taking taking on the Surface Pro 4, possibly, to as a Windows Pro tablet. They were the major announcements from Samsung, and if you want to read all about them, you can do that at techguide.com.au. Next up on the show, we had a, a meeting with our sponsors, Netgear. Netgear were here. They weren't actually on the show floor. They had uh, exhibition rooms uh, just a little bit away from uh, the Las Vegas Convention Center at the uh, just at a nearby hotel. And we were able to pop down there and see their new products. Now, uh, they do have a couple of standouts uh, in their new range. The first being the new Nighthawk, the Nighthawk N8. Now this is a brand new mo- brand new router. It's not a modem. It's just a router. And uh, sorry, it's the X8, the Nighthawk X8. The Nighthawk X8 has active antennas. Now these have uh, tiny blue lights at the top, and what it does it 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 helps pr- send the signal to the receiver faster. Uh, there's less attenuation, so it all results in faster uh, access for your mobile devices, for all your other wireless devices in the house. So. Nighthawk continues to be signature part of the Netgear range. What they've also done is they've even updated the R7800 modem, so uh, uh, router. So if you do own the R7800 from Netgear and you're interested in in uh, in getting the new R the Arlo cameras, they're the wire-free cameras, and we'll up we'll talk about an update about those in a minute. What if you're an R7800 owner, you can now update your firmware and connect Arlo cameras to the router without having a separate Arlo base station. So that helps in two ways. You can then you can just buy the cameras on their own, so it's a cheaper solution. But also, having the R7800 as the base station also increases the range of those wireless cameras as well. But speaking about the cameras, the Arlo Q is the new camera from Netgear. Now, this is an indoor camera, and it's also a powered camera. Now, what they did, the reason they came up with this is because they found that 70% of their Arlo customers use their wire-free cameras outdoors. So they thought, well, we've already got an outdoor solution. It's wire-free, very easy to use. Why don't we give people an option if they definitely know they want to use it inside? Let's give them an option. And that is the result of that is the Arlo Q. Now, the Arlo Q, as I said, is a powered camera. So you can connect this to, to your power you can, uh, th- this connection allows it to do a bit more. So because it's got power constantly, 
it can record constantly. So 24-7 recording. It can also record audio. Not only record audio, but it's also got two-way audio. So if, if I'm sitting at home and there's someone in my office, I can actually talk to them through the camera to tell them to get out. So it's a two-way audio, uh, like the voice of God that it would be. It's a two-way audio feature there. So the Arlo Q, uh, which will be available in, uh, in probably two to three months in Australia, uh, just completes that picture. They've also updated their Arlo app as well. So you can monitor your video live. You can even go back because you can uh, you can buy for, I think, about 10 bucks a month a cloud account that it constantly records your video, stores it in the cloud, allows you to access it whenever you want. So you can go back in time, back a couple of days, however many times, wherever you need to look back on your video, it allows you to do that really easily. Now, we caught up with the Netgear co-founder and CEO, Patrick Lowe, and the day we caught up with him, and he'll talk about this, happened to be Netgear's 20th birthday, so 20 years since they first launched, and here's what he had to say. Hello again, Patrick. Thanks for joining us. We're here once again at CES. They come around a lot quicker, these uh, CES shows, don't they? How have you been? Good. They've been doing well. And, well, it's uh, it's a big show, and I think that the fact that one of the, one of the big uh, things people are talking about at the show... Smart home automation, content streaming services, and just trying to get the best out of our products, which is must be music to your ears. With oh, the, absolutely. The need to have a, a great Wi-Fi connection at home. Absolutely. And the, the theme is pretty clear. Um, if you go to the show floor, um, it's about smart homes. It's about 5K, 8K TV streaming. Uh, it's about virtual reality gaming and... Um, and uh, these are all, you know, requiring really, really good Wi-Fi coverage in every single corner of your house. And so we participate both in providing a whole home Wi-Fi coverage uh, or very high-speed Internet connection as well as, you know, some smart home devices like our Arlo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it fair to say, Patrick, that I think there's never been more attention uh, or people thinking more about their home Wi-Fi? Before, it was, okay, we're going to connect a computer, we're going to connect our phone, and that's about it. But now, with all these things going on, do you find that? And obviously, you, that would reflect in the number of products you're releasing, the sales you've been, you've been getting, that people are paying attention now. They're very discerning now with their Wi-Fi networks. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, you can see it from two angles in, in, in here. I mean, we see it firsthand. Um, the first is that we're seeing people are spending more money in buying Wi-Fi coverage devices at home. For example, our Nighthawk X6X8 have been selling very well mm-hmm. because people understand they need better coverage. Yep. And also our extenders, Wi-Fi extenders, are selling very well and because they need every single corner of the house to be covered by Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. So we see the overall market in the U.S. has grown very nicely. Now, on the other hand, we're also seeing surprisingly, that VCs are putting money into some startups to uh, provide, you know, Wi-Fi coverage um, mm-hmm. devices. So that means there is indeed a, a very strong mm-hmm. present and future demand, mm-hmm. all driven by what I just talked about, yep. virtual reality, yep. uh, 8K video streaming, and smart home devices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we've, uh, in Australia, we've only, the, the content, the, the, the streaming services really have only been around not even a year. Mm-hmm. So in Australia, I know for a fact, the, the, you probably noticed this yourself, that 
our, our hunger for better coverage has certainly gone through the roof. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we see it from Australia as well. For example, we just introduced our Nighthawk X4S mm-hmm. um, VDSL modem gateway, mm-hmm. um, and within three months, is already zoomed up to one of the top three uh, sellers uh-huh. in, in the Australian market. And uh, was, uh, I, I think it was a year ago, it was last CES, where we started talking about Arlo. How, how has Arlo performed in the, in the year? Gone Arlo by? has been doing fantastic. Um, we have zoomed from nothing, you know, to be number one right now in North America, in Europe, as well as in Australia. And we are seeing significant demand from some other market who, who really want us to introduce Arlo over there. And uh, on his hill, we just introduced our Arlo Q, which is mm-hmm. our second uh, smart home cameras. So Arlo has been primarily used outdoor because it's weatherproof, night and day vision, battery operated, very easy to install outdoor. And no wires, yeah. Yeah, and no wires. And we introduced Arlo Q primarily for indoor. So this time around, is not battery operated, it's AC power battery operated. However, because of the AC power operated, we have been able to add a lot more features to it, such as two-way audio. Mm-hmm. So you can listen in, you could use sound trigger, but you also can talk back into it, yeah. and it's higher resolution, it's 1080p, and we provide 24-7 a continuous recording service uh, if the customers decide to choose that service. Wow. Now, we're recording this on January the 8th, and I understand that it is actually Netgear's 20th birthday today. Yes, yes. It's our 20th anniversary. We're very excited about it because we have never wavered in our belief. When we established Netgear 20 years ago, Mark and I, you know, two of us co-founded Netgear, we believe that everything powered by electricity in the house will be connected eventually to the Internet. Of course, we've gone through 20 years, and now we're starting to see more and more of that happening and we're very excited about it. And there's still many years to go before eventually the stove, <laughs> the refrigerators are meaningfully connected. Yeah, but sure. we'll see that day. So what was it like 20 years ago? What was the product that you? What was the first product for, for off the, the Netgear production line back then? <laughs> well, I mean, you wouldn't believe it. 20 years ago, we had the first home networking kit, which is a four-port. Ethernet hub, 10 Mac, with four Ethernet adapters for your desktop PCs, plus the Ethernet cable that's connected to our 56K dial-up modem router. Wow. That's how we started. <laughs> wow. Well, come a long way. That's right. That's range. right. Come a long way. At that time, there was no Wi-Fi. There was no even ISDN. There was no broadband. Wow. Uh, but, uh, you know, quickly, a year into it, we, um, we started to tinker with uh, wireless. All right? uh-huh. At that time, it's not called Wi-Fi. Uh-huh. All right? um, but we demonstrated, I remember that vividly, in 1998, we demonstrated in Tokyo our first wireless router. Wow. Uh, and uh, and we demonstrated streaming video over wireless, you know, in wow. this route. In 1998. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, yeah, in 1998. Wow. And, of course, Wi-Fi became the standard back in uh, uh, 2000-ish. Okay. And then we never looked back. Well, what a visionary you were, right? <laughs> eh? yes. Patrick, as usual, a pleasure talking to you today, mate. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. 
The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that helps keep you and your family safe online. Well, today, we live in a world where cyber criminals are working overtime, trying to find new ways to steal your personal information. The team at Norton is dedicated to keeping people safe online, no matter how they connect. So whether you're paying bills on your phone, shopping on your tablet, or banking on your laptop, Norton's latest internet security solution, Norton Security Premium, is working behind the scenes to keep your information your identity and your devices protected. It also comes with secure PC cloud backup so you can back up and save your personal files, photos and videos and other memories that live on your devices. For more information about Norton Security Premium and how to protect your online life, check out au.norton.com. Now, we're going to talk about uh, a couple of themes of the show. It's one thing we did notice. There were large groupings of particular products, and the two areas I'm going to talk about are drones and virtual reality. Now, the drones at the show, I've never seen more in my life. There was such a huge selection. In the South Hall, there there was a whole what I call drone alley. There was a, a huge section where stand after stand after stand were drone manufacturers from all around the world. You could tell their stands because they had these really tall nets where that was the area where they were flying their drone so they could safely fly the drone uh, without injuring anyone or without it actually getting away from them. So that was a really easy way to spot the drone stands at CES. Now, there were a number of drones, not just your DJI who announced the, the DJI 3 4K, so they've kind of simplified their product range. I think before they still have advanced and professional, but which is advanced and which is professional was a little bit confusing to the customer, so they made it even clearer. DJI Phantom 3 4K, uh, that clearly tells you that it's a 4K camera on board. Uh, they didn't really have any new products to announce. They had their DJI Phantoms. They had their DJI Osmo, which is the... Uh, the uh, camera, the the Steadicam, which we're going to review on Tech Guide in the next week or so. But other manufacturers uh, had drones for various purposes. Now, there was one company called AEEE, A-E-E-E. They're a Chinese manufacturer, and I could not believe the size of the drones that were on their stand. There was one in particular, had a wingspan of nearly two meters. This monster was capable of of, uh, of carrying up to a 10-kilogram payload. So this is uh, a drone that would be able to make deliveries or you to be used in that fashion. It never had a camera on. I suppose you could install a camera if you wanted to, but it was designed to be able to, to send objects, to deliver objects that were up to 10 kilos in weight, which is remarkable. Now, there was another company there called eHang, and they had a manned drone. So they had a drone that was, let's say, two to three meters wide. They had six or seven propellers around the outside that looked exactly like a drone, but they had a seat. Someone could sit inside this drone. Now, the thing with this drone, it was, the, it was an autonomous drone. So you don't just hop in and fly the thing like a helicopter. It's, it's autonomous, so it can be programmed to go to certain places so that the drone relies on the precision and, uh, and, and knowledge of the system. So GPS and all these systems to allow you, the, you the, 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 the passenger, to be taken to wherever you have to go. 
Uh, I don't know whether it would be possible to take your own controller on board and control yourself. Uh, that's what I'd like to do, have some kind of control. You just don't want to be riding uh, on your own in this thing and, and not have any kind of control. But that was one of the many drones that were on display at the Consumer Electronics Show. Moving on to VR. Now, the virtual reality, we picked this before the show, and we were right. Virtual reality was a massive theme here at CES. All the companies were talking about it. Uh, Samsung were already into it. HTC had an had a open area opposite the convention center where they were doing virtual reality tours. Uh, other smaller companies had their own technology. Not only the, the VR viewing uh, of the virtual reality, uh, the end product, but also creating the virtual reality footage was another aspect of the show. And there was so to that end, there was a lot of 360-degree cameras uh, at CES as well. One of them was the 360 Fly, which we reviewed a few weeks ago at Tech Guide. They also announced their 4K version. Uh, there were other manufacturers, including GoPro, had a solution. They said that GoPro's major announcement was supposed to be a drone. They, they did announce the name of the drone. It's going to be called the Karma. They never had the drone at the show. But that was a bit disappointing. They, they had an opportunity to show off their new product to the world. They didn't. I don't think they made a particular deadline to, to get it to onto the stand. But GoPro's other product was also a 360-degree camera. Again, not at the show, but and they announced their intentions uh, so they were one of many who uh, have, have these 360-degree cameras, including Kodak. Kodak had a 360-degree 4K camera. So there were, there were dozens of 3K camera, 360-degree cameras so that people can easily film videos that can then be enjoyed in virtual reality with these particular headsets. You know, there was Oculus Rift. All, every company, Sony had their PlayStation VR at the back of the Sony stand, and I don't think I've seen a more crowded section of CES uh, as, as the people who were lining up to have their turn using the PlayStation VR. It was quite remarkable. But the, the, uh, they, they're the two areas that we noticed, and we, we kind of picked it anyway. They were the areas of CES that were really popular, you're going to see so much more in 2016. And if you want to read more about what we saw at the show, you can do that at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning. Tech Guide. Okay, we're quickly going to go through some of our standout gadgets. We're going to also go through some quirky gadgets a little later in the show. But the standout gadgets for us were products that weren't quirky and unusual, but were great ideas that were that really caught our attention. The first of them was the Alcatel One Touch XS. That's spelled X E double S. Now this is a seventeen point three inch Android tablet. Uh, it has a nineteen twenty by ten eighty full HD screen. Just 9.1 millimeters thick. It has a carry handle, an adjustable stand, and people are saying, well, what the hell am I going to do with a 17.3-inch tablet? Well, the answer is plenty. With the handle and with the stand and also with a USB port, you could easily set this product up as a desktop computer. So you've heard about plenty of convertible laptops, but how many convertible desktops have you heard about? This is one of them. You can also, because it's got on-board Wi-Fi, use it to stream services like Netflix or other video on-demand services, YouTube. So it can also be used as a television. Now, the, the, other, the other use of it is, of course, a great educational tool. You can draw on the screen. It does come with a stylus built in. Uh, so 
this this product when there's also uh, there's also it comes with a cover. So when, once you cover the screen, it's got a circular window that turns the screen into a giant clock. So it can be a tablet, it can be a desktop computer, it can be a TV, it can also be a clock. So the Alcatel One Touch XS, no idea when it's coming to Australia, but uh, I think it's a safe bet that they're going to bring it uh, down sometime soon. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Another standout gadget for us was the Onkyo W800BT earphones. What was so special about these earphones? Well, there are no cables at all. Now, you've heard of Bluetooth earphones that have a wireless connection to your source. Well, these earphones not only have the wireless connection to your source, they don't even have a cable between the left and right ear cups. Each earpiece, sorry, each earpiece has... A, is independent of the other, doesn't have a cable to connect them. Also has a microphone on board so you can make and receive calls. So it's a little earpiece, goes in the left ear, right ear. They work together when you're listening to your music. No cables whatsoever. Totally cable-free. Expect these to be in Australia also in the coming months. No pricing yet, but uh, they're going to be pretty, pretty interesting when they do come out. Uh, the other thing that caught our eye was... The Acasio smartwatch that can go anywhere. Now, this product was, you know, we've seen plenty of smartwatches in the past, lots of them, uh, but none of them are designed for outdoor use. Casio saw an opportunity here with the WSD F10. Now, this is a smartwatch that can go anywhere. It's got a rugged design, waterproof to 50 meters, uh, has a dual display technology. So it has one display that comes on for continuous time and then has another color display for all the smart features of the watch. So in smartwatch mode, the color screen activates. You can change your watch screens, do all that. But what I like about it is it comes with all these features that are, that are helpful for the person who's going to buy this type of watch. The person who's going to buy this watch is an outdoors person. They're going to go swimming. They're going to go fishing. They're going to go hiking. So the features play into that. So you can have uh, d- information, barometric pressure. You can have d- uh, distance, speed, all those sorts of things. But you can also have other reminders like uh, you can set yourself a time when the sun sets. So if you're out hiking or doing things like that, you can have countdown timers. You can have all these other features that help you do do what you need to do. So remind you to rehydrate, tell you when the sun's going to go down, tell you when the right time is, when the tides might be coming in or the opportune time to go fishing, things like that, that that helps with these activities that a user of this watch will typically be involved with. That is the goal of the Casio WSD F10. Uh, the other product that that we saw here at uh, at CES was the Fitbit Blaze. This is the first smartwatch to come from Fitbit. Fitbit's normally a company associated with activity bands. Now they've entered the smartwatch space, and everyone's saying, "Oh, they're going to take on Apple Watch." Well, it's not quite an Apple Watch because it, it doesn't quite have as many features. It, it is obviously still a fitness product. It's the first Fitbit with a color screen. It does look a lot like an Apple Watch in terms of having a square sort of shape and a bigger, bigger screen. But this is a device that can uh, it, it links to your smartphone. It can relay notifications, control audio playback, 
but also it, it's used. Uh, you can you can use the GPS from your phone and bring that to the to the device as well. Uh, you can also have it, it's the step tracking, of course, all those things, calories burned, and you can also track up to fifteen different exercises. So it's got special modes there. So if you're you're running or cycling or doing things like that, one thing that is not though it's not waterproof. So if you're swimming, that's not one of the activities that you can uh, you can do with the Fitbit. Uh, and of course, you know you get all your notifications, your messages, calendar reminders, things like that. Doesn't quite have the same interactivity as the Apple Watch or a typical Android Wear device. But it is customizable as well. It's going to be affordable. It's like three twenty nine ninety five is going to be released in March. Uh, you can then change up your bands. You got leather bands. You got silicon bands, and also stainless steel bands to choose from. So it's kind of taking a leaf out of the Apple Watch book there as well. Uh, they're just some of the standout gadgets for us, uh, and we're going to talk about some more quirky gadgets. But all of those products that we just talked about, you can read about them all at techguide.com.au. <music> The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. And their new Netgear Nighthawk X4S, the AC2600 Wi-Fi VDSL ADSL modem router, it's perfect for connected Aussie homes. Netgear's latest addition to the Nighthawk family is a high-performance piece of equipment, and it's specifically built for streaming, gaming, and connected homes with lots of devices. The Nighthawk X4S, or D7800, will deliver AC Wi-Fi speeds of up to 2600 megabits per second and supports both ADSL and VDSL connections. It's the first modem router on the market to support the latest Wave 2 Wi-Fi technology with quad stream on both bands and multiple user MIMO capability. That's multiple in, multiple out. This means maximizing connection speeds for faster streaming, gaming and less buffering. So if your household loves streaming Netflix, online gaming and has multiple devices, check out the new Nighthawk X4S Wi-Fi modem router from Netgear. Search D7800 at netgear.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. All right, well, CES wouldn't be complete if there wasn't a large collection of quirky gadgets, strange devices, unusual to say the least. Well, we did get our fair share of those products. Now, we're going to go through a few of them now really quickly. Uh, some of them are designed for health. Some are designed for beauty and fitness. Others are uh, to help with things like motion sickness. And others are just designed to try to make your life easier. Uh, one of the products we saw was Smarter. Now, earlier we were talking about the Samsung fridge, the uh, the family hub fridge, which I think is going to cost thousands of dollars. Well, how do you make your fridge smarter without having a smart fridge? You do so with a product called Smarter. Uh, in the range of products, you'll see mats, a fridge cam, and a uh, product called Detect. I'll go through them really quickly now. The mats are designed to be used in your pantry or your fridge and can detect the amount of weight on top of it. So if you put a product that is full, it is 500 grams, it will know and you can program into the app that the product sitting on you is 500 grams. So if it's a bottle of sauce or a jar of something or milk or whatever it is, you know that that product should weigh that much. So when you're running low, it can send you a notification. So if you're running low on milk, you think, oh, do I need to buy Vegemite? You can actually log in and see what mat the Vegemite happens to be sitting on. If it's below the weight of the full version of that product, you can then make a decision whether you need to buy some more. 
The other part of the smarter solution is the smart fridge cam. Now, you remember I said earlier, the Samsung fridge, it's going to cost probably more than $5,000, takes a photo of the inside of your fridge every time you open the door. Well, you can add the smarter fridge cam to your existing fridge to get the same result. It takes a snapshot every time the door's opened, can send you that photo. You can log into it through the smarter app as well. So you can get a smart fridge without buying a smart fridge with this product. The last in this range uh, is an item called Detect, and it can detect sound. So if you've set a timer on your oven, a timer on your microwave, you can then be told, look, the timer's just gone off, your meal's ready. It's a really smart way to get a smart kitchen and a smart fridge without actually buying a smart fridge. Now, some of the other devices that we saw, there was one product called the Relief Band. Now, this is a product that's designed to help reduce, to prevent motion sickness. So if you get a bit car sick, air sick, whatever, you can wear the Relief Band, which actually uses neural pathways. Uh, it sits on the bottom of your wrist, not the top of your wrist where, where, where you watch, on the underside of your wrist. It can then send these, uh, these, they use this proprietary technology to send these signals up your body's neural pathways to prevent your body's mechanism that causes nausea. So you can kind of block it off so that you can prevent yourself feeling sick. You can use it whether you're on a boat, on a plane, uh, in a car, even if you've got morning sickness, it can help you prevent that as well. Uh, another little quirky product was the Smart Shower Head. This is called Hydreo. And what it does, it allows you, very simple, it allows you to program the amount of water you want to use in your shower. So it's about saving water. How you do that, you control you, you, each threshold of water. So if you want to, each, each level of water is color-coded. So if you set so yourself, say, the blue level, which is you know, 10 liters or whatever it happens to be, the shower head goes through the colors. When it reaches the color you've selected, it turns blue or whatever the color you select, it flashes so you know it's time to turn the water off. Really simple and hopefully a way for people to save a bit of money uh, and, uh, and save some water at the same time. The sensor wake alarm clock. Here's a cool little device that wakes you up, not with sound, but with smell. This is an alarm clock that allows you to set the time of day you want to wake up and then before you go to bed, you insert a capsule to give you the scent that you desire. So that scent actually wakes you up. And the, the scents you can choose from include espresso, if you want to wake up to the smell of coffee, hot croissant, seaside, jungle, chocolate, or invigorating peppermint. So rather than you having to be blaring sound to wake you up, you can be woken up with a pleasant smell. The next product is called iNail. Now, this is an intelligent nail printer. You'll probably go along to your nail salon. Instead of someone sitting there painstakingly painting your nails, you can, all you need to do is stick your hand in a machine and it will print out on your nails the desired pattern or design or picture that you want. You can even uh, be printed directly on acrylic nails so that you can be printed print up to 20 acrylic nails at a time. So if you want to wear the fake nails with all the cool designs, iNail lets you do it. Moving on to some health products now, and there were plenty of those to see at the show. The first is a product called Sculpt. Now, this is a, a device, uh, it, it, the company's called Sculpt, the product's called Chisel, and this is a small bioimpedance. It looks like a, about the shape of a smartphone. It's a bioimpedance device that allows you to put on, you, you put them on individual muscles, 
and you can tell how much fat is in your muscle, uh, the quality of the muscle, and then it, when it pairs to the app, it can then tell you and give you hints on how to exercise to optimize each of those muscle groups. So if you're a real gym junkie and you want to look good, sculpt, sculpt chisel is for you. What about if you want to improve your hairline? There's a product here called HairMax, and uh, people pay a lot of money to improve uh, their hair growth. Well, this is an FDA-cleared product that uses lasers to stimulate your hair follicles and promote hair growth. So uh, you can you can look, get a lush head of hair. Check out my story on Tech Guide. I'm actually wearing the product. Not that I need any help with my hair growth, but I just want to make give people an idea what it looked like. Lastly, we've got a product called Quell. Now, Quell is a pain solution. It's a pain relief solution. It's a drug-free pain solution. Unfortunately, there are people who live with chronic pain, and rather than them being doped up on drugs, they, they, this is a solution for them to be pain-free using this technology. Now, the device is wearable, so you, you do wear it on the top of your calf. And what it does, it uses optotherapy technology to stimulate your nerves and carry neural pulses to your brain and trigger your body's natural pain relief responses. So you can have that pain relief without relying on drugs. It is a drug-free solution. Not Drugs aren't, aren't always the best solution. People feeling a little bit groggy and not, not feeling 100%. They may be pain-free, but they're going to pay a price because they're feeling a little bit out of it. Quell can help you do it. If you want to read about all of those products, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. And that is our show from Las Vegas for this week. We're heading back to Australia, and we want to also just tell you that you can read about everything that we've talked about from here at CES at techguide.com.au. If you want to get in touch with us, send us an email, info at techguide.com.au. Special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and Norton, the company that helps keep you and your family safe online. Thanks for listening. been great having you with us once again. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. 